We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. How are you going? Beautiful weather, isn't it? Hey, I want to thank those who were here yesterday as well for um, helping around the place, sprucing things up, pulling up weeds, painting bits and pieces. And uh, we really appreciate uh, your help there. Um, we're in a series called Refill at the moment. Uh, been in for a few weeks and Refill's all about um, about this time of year, about three quarters of the year has gone in October and um, we've got a busy time coming up, harvest for farmers, exams for those at school, um, Christmas is just around the corner, only 11 weeks away I think. Something like that. And um, about this time of year, sometimes we can get a little bit bit tired and we need to refill our tanks. And, um, I mean, we, we have an invitation to come before God at any time and be refilled, but I think this is just a great time of year to do it. Yesterday, I forgot to refill my car. And um, I remember this morning. But I almost didn't remember. And I can imagine getting halfway to Ard Ross in this afternoon. And then when you don't refill, you just end up on the side of the road, waiting for someone to come and help. Um, and uh, sort of we neglect it when we're about three quarters full or three quarters empty. And we'd, we probably don't see the consequences what will happen if we don't refill. And I want to encourage you to be purposeful about refilling. Don't end up stuck in a ditch on the side of the road. But refill is all about making time or making room for God, making some space. You know, when you have a new arrival in your family, a new baby, yeah, you make room for that baby. And um, sometimes it's a, a spring clean into the spare room where you get rid of that treadmill which you haven't used for five years. Anyone got one of them? Yeah, or other exercise equipment, which you just buy. Why do you buy it? It's just as a display piece. That's why you buy it. Artistic um, reasons. Or you get rid of, you know, uh, the third TV, which is just covering covered dust, and um, you make room for what's going to come. And um, often... The best thing to do is just remove some stuff that you just don't need. And I think when we talk about making room for God, some of us try to add extra, extra activities into our already busy schedule. Well, I'll get up another hour earlier. No, you won't. I'll stay up an hour, another hour later. I'll add this thing on. You already got too much stuff. A better strategy is probably just to get rid of some of the stuff you don't need get rid of that old treadmill out of your life whatever that might be for you the the unnecessary the superfluous what a great word superfluous isn't it that's that's a great word i love that stuff you have which you don't need superfluous what's the what's the what's the waste on your time and energy and uh you mean i'm i know that you know Social media is for half a year without including me. And getting rid of some things, making some room. Don't try to add extra 
times into your life, maybe just have a look where, where I can make room. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word we're going to open today and I pray you'll speak to us in Jesus' name and maybe prompt something in our hearts, remind us of something, show us something new, show us more about your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. So refill is all, all about uh, refreshing, replenishing, reviving, and that comes in lots of ways. It happens even as you encourage one another. As you come and gather here to, today, you, no one's a spectator. We're here to encourage one another, and that uh, pray for one another, and that refills our tanks as we meet together. As we wait upon God, it fills our, our, our lives up as we worship, as we perhaps rest and realign our life, that fills our life up. And, um, but all those things, as we encourage one another, as we pray for one another, there's an agent that refills us, and it's the Holy Spirit. So when you encourage one another and they feel encouraged, it's because the Holy Spirit has been there. If I pray for you or someone prays for you and you feel refreshed or you hear something from God, it's the Holy Spirit. So he's actually the agent or, uh, of refilling us and not just the agent but he is actually like the fuel in our tank. He's the water in our, in our life. He's, he's all of those things. Um, and he is someone who we can communicate with He's the person, the presence, and the power of God. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's present with us, and he's the power of God. And he is someone who we can communicate with. He's also someone we can ignore uh, if we want to. And, and the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, is with us, and we can walk with him. He's the power of God working in us and through us. And... Um, he is the fuel for our refreshing. He is the water for our soul that refreshes us, the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to look at a few scriptures today and maybe just write them down, but we're going to throw a, a quite a few of them on screen. So um, first of all, I'm going to start with John chapter 7, verse 37. It says, On the last day of the feast... The great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. This is what this series is all about. Whoever believes in me, the scriptures has said, out of his heart or out of his belly or out of his innermost, that's deep inside, will flow rivers of living water. That sounds good. That sounds refreshing. Now this he said about the spirit. This is who he's talking about. And those... Uh, whom those who believed in him were, were to receive, were yet to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not yet been given. So he's talking about something that's going to happen. This Holy Spirit's going to infill your life. It's going to be like a spring within you. And uh, it's the Holy Spirit who satisfies our thirst. And when Jesus rose from the dead he sent the holy spirit to do just that within us i was recently i heard a scripture read at our state conference and it pricked up my ears and it, it really showed me something on how important it is to talk about the holy spirit 
And it's in Acts chapter 19. We're going to read a few verses here. Acts chapter 19, verse 1. And it happened that while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. Ephesus, the book of Ephesians, was written to Ephesus. At the moment, there's only 12 of them. He found some disciples there. So what were they? The disciples, and they're living in Ephesus. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we haven't heard that there's a Holy Spirit. I wonder how many believers just haven't heard that there's a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what were you baptised? And they said, oh, it's John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptised you, uh, John baptised with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in him who was to come, that is Jesus. And on hearing them, he baptised them in the name of the Lord Jesus. So he actually baptised them in water again, in the name of Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. And it was about 12 of them all. So we got these guys and ladies, or it doesn't say who they were. They believed in God, yet they hadn't received the Holy Spirit. Simply why? Because they hadn't heard about him. They haven't heard. We didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. And they were sort of baptised again in the name of Jesus and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So I assume that these Ephesian believers were doing their best to live for God. You know, they must have heard John speak at some point or someone who knew about John and they were baptised about believing in the Messiah who was to come because that's what John's baptism was about. But they had not heard much about Jesus and his work and his teaching. So I just wanted to recap on some of that timeline of what John said and what Jesus said so we can just create a bit of a, an understanding. If we go back to John the Baptist, he's in, um, we'll read from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 29. It's on the screen. Um, we can go to that one. Thanks, John, chapter 1, verse, yeah, verse, that's the one. The next day, this is John the Baptist, he saw Jesus coming towards him and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Um, this is he whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptising with water that he might be revealed to Israel. So John's baptising people to get them ready for Jesus. And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descending, descend from heaven like a dove and remained on him, that's Jesus. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptise with water said this to me, him on, he on whom you see the Spirit descending and remain, this is he who baptised with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, John's baptising people with water. When Jesus comes, he said, see this guy, he's going to baptise you with the Holy Spirit. So that's why we're talking about these couple of different baptisms. And then Jesus himself started talking about the Holy Spirit, really particularly just before the cross. You read about five chapters in the book of John and he, and he says things like, hey, I'm going away, 
but I'm going to send someone after I go. It's the Holy Spirit. And he's going to be with you. He's not going to leave you. He's going to be just like me. He'll be your comforter, your counsellor. He'll be like living water. And after Jesus rose from the dead, he spoke to the disciples again. And guess what he talked about? He talked about the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, 4 and 5. Let's go there. Thanks. And while staying with them, this is Jesus, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. So the Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. Which he said, you heard from me, for John baptised with water, but you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. So we've got the same, the same story there. John baptised you with water, and, um, but not many days from now, you're going to be baptised with the Holy Spirit. And this is a promise from the Father, given by Jesus. So let's understand that let's not, let's not just have the mindset of those people in Ephesus. They believed in Jesus, or they believers, but they didn't have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And I think even now we can be a little bit like that, where we sort of believe in God, but we, we, but we haven't heard about the Holy Spirit. And this is why it's important to speak about the Holy Spirit so he can be activated and revealed so we can have faith for that. To be immersed in the Holy Spirit. That's, that's what the word baptism means, to be immersed in something. The person, the presence, and the power of God. You know, the Holy Spirit isn't just a nip, just a wind blowing. He's part God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's not just ranking in order. We wouldn't say about Jesus, it died on the cross. We say he died on the cross. When God created the earth, we, didn't, we don't say it created the earth. We say God created it. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. When Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit, he always referred to the Holy Spirit in that sort of title. He will come. He will do this. As if he was not just a wind or a force, but an actual someone with a pers- some sort of personality. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three in one, all equal, And the Ephesians seemed to be doing their best to follow God, but missed out simply because we didn't know about that. We didn't know. Imagine missing out on what God has for you because I didn't know about that. Surely there's, I know there's times when God moves sovereignty uh, in his sovereignty and just pours out the Holy Spirit with people who don't know about it. But as a church, let's make sure, hey, I didn't know about that. And as, as that understanding comes and opens our hearts to receive, I wonder if any of us have missed out on what God has for us simply because we didn't know. That's why it's important to talk about the Holy Spirit. You know, the early church, Paul as a preacher, talked about the Holy Spirit all the time. If you read his preaching and his letters, that's his main topic, actually. Um, I'm going to read a couple of ones. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1 to 5. Can we put that up? 
When I ca- this is Paul speaking or writing. When I came to you, brothers, uh, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty preaching and wisdom. So Paul's saying, you know, I wasn't a great orator. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness, in fear and much trembling. Anyone who's ever done public speaking understands that. It happens at times. And my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in this demonstration of the spirit and of power. So Paul's preaching was all about the power of the Holy Spirit so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. And Paul often spoke about the Holy Spirit. Some of you would have heard about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's in 1 Corinthians chapters 12 to 14. And there's lots, lots of different gifts of the Holy Spirit, healing and wisdom and um, prophecy and tongues and knowledge. They're actually, you can, you can divide them up this way. Gifts that help you say something, gifts that help you do something, and gifts that help you see something. Gifts that help you say something like uh, prophecy and tongues, gifts that help you do something like healing and miracles, and gifts that help you see something like the word of wisdom or, uh, sorry, wisdom and knowledge. See something you don't see. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do within us, give us things we can say, power to do things, power to see things. And when um, the Holy Spirit touches a person, you know, we're all encouraged. If someone gets healed here, it's not just the person who's healed who's, who's encouraged, it's those who say, wow, I'm encouraged as well. The Holy Spirit unlocks the power of God. Um, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Can we put that up? Did I give you that? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. You know, I found out in the New Testament, when we read the word power, there's actually five different Greek words for power. Did you know that? Any Bible nerds here? Five words. There's, there's, I'm going to sort of pronounce them. Is there anyone Greek here? That's good because I'm going to pronounce them wrong. There's one word is iskus, and it's endowed power like a king has power. There's another word, kratos, and, and that's a power that a supervisor is given. And there's another word, exousia. I like that one. That's having authority, giving authority. And another one called energia. You might know where we get the word energy from. And that's outward power. You know, when I punch someone, energia. And then there's another one called dunamis, where we get the word dynamite. And that's inherit power that can just do stuff. And I actually found that there's a verse or two verses with all these words in those verses. So if you're a Bible studier, you might want to at some point look up Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 to 21. Just Have we got that there? And uh, all these words are there. Um, Ephesians 1, verse 19. 
Yeah. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power that's dunamis towards us who believe according to the working, that's energia, of his mighty, that's iscus, power, kratos, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in heavenly places above all the authorities and power, exousia. There actually every word for power is in those couple of verses. So if you want to do a study, have a look at that one. But when we read Acts chapter 1 verse 8, can we put that one up again? You, re- you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on. It uses one of those words and it's the word dunamis, where we get the word dynamite. And who's ever played with dynamite? Okay, dynamite has sort of power within it. And when you add something called a match, (laughs) but it's got inherent power. And so what what the scripture is saying, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you're going to have this power which resides within you, which is inherent within you. And it lives within you. And it can be released at different times like you got a stick of dynamite within you residing within you you got power within you and you just need that match to let it go when you be so when jesus saying when you'll be filled with the holy spirit he's saying you're going to have power residing within you power that lives within us ready to help us to revive us to activate us and the holy spirit unlocks the power of god So I think, you know, we need to celebrate the Holy Spirit. And when we wait on God, let's remember there's two sides to this coin. One is our job. My job is to make time to wait. But we realise there's there's another part to this equation. There's another side to this coin, and it's the Holy Spirit. So we, we wait, and the Holy Spirit is the one who fills us. It's not just me. It's a partnership with us and the Holy Spirit. And um, let's understand, here's a person. You can speak to the Holy Spirit like you, you can your friend. The Bible says you can grieve the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means he's spoken to you, you know, you've ignored him. He talks about an emotion. And here's God's power and presence in our life who will never leave us. Our guide, our comforter, he has gifts for us. He produces fruit within us. He is the, the power and the, the life of God dwelling in us. And every believer needs to access the Holy Spirit. You know this, Paul, so Paul spoke to this Ephesian church who never heard about the Holy Spirit. Then he wrote, later he wrote the book of Ephesians. Anyone ever, you know, some of you would have read the book of Ephesians. It's got six chapters. If you read the book of Ephesians, you'll see that the Holy Spirit is mentioned a whole lot in that book. I'm just going to read a couple of verses out to you. These these aren't on the screen. But these are all from the book of Ephesians. When you believed in Christ, he identified you as his very own by giving you the Holy Spirit. That's in the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians says this, the Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us our inherited promises book of ephesians says now all of us can come to the father through the same holy spirit book of ephesians says this i pray from his glorious unlimited resources he will empower you with inner strength that comes through the holy spirit 
book of Ephesians says this, make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourself together with peace. Ephesians says this, instead, let the spirit renew your mind. It says this, and don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Wow. Still in the book of Ephesians, now it says, don't be drunk with wine, because that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Book of Ephesians says this, put on the helmet of salvation and take up the sword of the Spirit. And it also says this, pray in the Spirit at all times. It's interesting that Paul, who spoke to these people about the Holy Spirit, later writes them a letter. And it's full of references and the importance of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to finish with one verse, Ephesians 5, verse 18. Have we got that up there? Can you find that one for me? And don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. What a great word. But be filled with the Spirit. Now, it's a funny term, be filled with the Spirit, because it's actually a verb which means it's a constant ongoing. So it's not be filled once, it's be be being filled. It's a bit like leave the tap on. It's like that. Be, keep being filled. It's not, oh, when you get low, just find a gas station and finally fill up. It's actually have this cycle of being filled, a constant verb. It's like breathing. Don't do occasionally. Perhaps keep it going. It's good for you. That's, that's, the, that's the picture. Be filled. Keep the tap running. Don't be drunk with wine. So it's, it's, it's make an example. You know what happens when you get drunk with wine? It alters your perception, alters your behaviour. Yeah, well, the, the Holy Spirit does that in a different way. And it, then it sort of gives us a key on how to do that. Next, next verse, thanks. Um, it says, addressing one another in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. Singing. Not just singing songs. Singing, singing praises or um, not just singing words but putting your heart into it. That's what it's saying. Connecting with those songs. From the heart. Singing, making melody to the Lord with your heart. It doesn't say with your voice. It's with your heart, you see. It's, it's not just talking about going through emotion. It's a heart connection with psalms and songs, and, and always giving thanks. How you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, gratitude's a great way. We enter his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, and something happens. Gratitude. We, we're going to sing, uh, we can get, uh, thanks Charlotte, and a couple of you guys who are going to come up. And I thought we'd just finish by looking towards the Holy Spirit asking him to fill us. And I know people in a room like this who have had all sorts of understanding and experiences about what the Holy Spirit means. But I want us to take a lesson from the church, the Ephesians, who followed, had a strong desire to follow God, but just didn't understand the power of the Holy Spirit. And it seems that that, that church of of 12 people, thanks. Um, that church of 12 people became one of the biggest churches in the New Testament times, by the way. 
transform the city. Here's a thought. Worship with other believers is important. Shared worship releases the Holy Spirit. The Spirit fills us in our worship together and empowers us to serve others. We are filled with the Holy Spirit when we sing, when we make music in our hearts, speak to one another in songs, pray, open scripture. Unfortunately, we often simply think we are going to church when we worship with others. Instead, God challenges us to see our time with others, with other believers as a time to be filled with the Spirit. You didn't come to church today, you came to be filled with the Spirit. In fact, if you read the New Testament, when they gather together, often it says this, and they were filled afresh with the Spirit, they were filled with the Spirit. So rather than come to church or go to church each week, come to meet with other believers with the expectation that the Holy Spirit will be moving and filling each of us as we seek to praise the Lord together. Let's release the Spirit's power as we worship the Lord and encourage each other. And we can do that right now. Let's sing this song, thanks. You know, if maybe if you're able to stand, do that and have the posture of a receiver. Open up your hearts.